Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the story of a classic love triangle. Husband, wife, and lover. One of these three died in what was described as an accident. A forensic computer analysis uncovered photographs and emails so revealing they even embarrassed a local judge. Detroit, Michigan, nicknamed the Motor City for its history as one of the world's largest automotive manufacturing hubs. Just west of Detroit is Michigan State University with almost 40,000 students. In 1990, Michael Mick Fletcher was an undergraduate student there with hopes of one day becoming a lawyer. At a campus social event, Mick Fletcher met Leanne Meisner, who wasn't a student but worked as a telemarketer nearby. For both, it was love at first sight, and they were inseparable. Three years later, in September of 1993, Mick and Leanne married. That was great. He was going to be a lawyer, so he'd make a lot of money, be able to buy her a nice house, and she wanted to stay home and have a lot of babies. That's all she wanted in life. I saw since she was a little girl, all she wanted to do was to get married and have children. The newlyweds settled in Hazel Park, a working-class suburb just north of Detroit. They bought this house on Hazelwood Avenue, and Mick started law school. Leanne worked to support them, and not long afterwards, the couple had a daughter, Hannah. That was her joy. She just, uh, she was just crazy about Hannah. By 1999, Mick was an up-and-coming criminal defense attorney, working hard to build his practice. On August 12, 1999, the couple had more good news. Leanne learned she was pregnant with their second child. Mick was delighted with the news and sent her a note. Leanne, I might not always tell you, but you mean the world to me. I love you so much, sweetheart. And girl or boy, so long as they are part of you, our children will all be beautiful. I love you, Mick. That Sunday night, the couple celebrated their good fortune with Leanne's parents. Mick asked his in-laws if they would watch their granddaughter, Hannah, the next day. 
And he said, well, I wonder if you'd babysit for about one hour. And I said, for one hour? And he said, yeah, he said, we want to go to the firing range. Mick believed in having a gun in the house for protection, and he wanted Leanne to learn how to use it. After visiting the firing range, Mick and Leanne decided to return home and to spend some quiet time together before picking up their daughter. Just a few minutes after they arrived home, Mick made a frantic call to police. Hazel Park Police found Leanne dead on the bedroom floor, naked from the waist down, a bullet hole through her right ear. Mick told police he and Leanne were sitting on the bed together, reloading the 45 caliber Smith & Wesson they just used at the firing range. He had trouble loading the second clip, so he gave it to Leanne to help him. He put the gun down in the gun box at the foot of the bed, got up, went to the bathroom to wash his hands, and that's when he heard the gun go off. He came running out of the bathroom and saw his wife laying on the floor. The last thing I ever wanted in my life was to bury one of my kids. And then to have to bury one so young, so young, so beautiful, not fair. At first glance, it appeared to be an accident. But police decided to take a second look, and then a third. As part of the investigation into Leanne Fletcher's death, police first needed to eliminate the possibility of suicide. Perhaps Leanne's pregnancy had caused some depression. Oh, my God! She was so excited. There's no way on earth that Leanne would ever consider suicide, let alone go through with it. Not in a million years. Mick Fletcher told police his wife accidentally shot herself in their bedroom shortly after a trip to the firing range as she tried to reload their pistol. Leanne's mother suspected that an accidental shooting in the head was a little too convenient. This was a terrible accident. She would have been shot in her hand, her arm, her foot, in the wall. I said it wouldn't be in her head. In the couple's bedroom, police noticed blood stains on the carpet under Leanne's body, as well as under the gun and clip. And there was blood spatter on the computer stand by the bed. There was more blood spatter on the edge of the bedspread. The medical examiner, Dr. Lubisa Dragovic, performed Leanne's autopsy. There was no gunpowder residue in the bullet wound, but there were some tiny dots of gunpowder called stippling embedded in the skin around the wound. Gunpowder stippling is a phenomenon that occurs when uh, partly burnt or unburnt gunpowder particles land on the surface of the skin. The density of this stippling pattern indicated 
that the muzzle of the firearm was 12 to 18 inches away from Leanne's head when the gun went off. And the trajectory of the bullet was almost horizontal, an unusual path for a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. In order to accomplish that, your arm has to be about four foot long. This lady had only 23 inches uh, or 23 and a half inches long right arm. When police searched the couple's home, they found a brown folder in Mick's office containing numerous romantic greeting cards. Inside were pictures of Susan Chernowski, a local district court judge. Investigators also discovered that Mick had earned $17,000 in legal fees from cases assigned by and presided over by Judge Susan Chernowski. If the two were romantically involved, this was a gross violation of legal ethics. Investigators seized the Fletcher's home computer and Susan Chernowski's office computer for examination by a forensic computer expert. For years and years, we've always been willing to look in a file cabinet for some type of an incriminating document. Well, people aren't using file cabinets anymore. They're using computers. Sergeant Duke copied the hard drives from the confiscated computers onto a forensic examination computer, which is equipped with special software that can access password-protected files and reconstruct documents which have been deleted. Sergeant Duke found nude photographs of Judge Chernowski and hundreds of emails between her and Mick. They read as love letters. They appeared to be intimate. They appeared to be lovers. They talked about being together. They talked about wanting to be together in the future. Mick had been corresponding with the judge for 17 months. Police also learned that before she died, Leanne had suspected her husband was having an affair and the couple separated. But three months later, they reconciled and moved back in together. Police no longer believed that Leanne's death was an accident and were beginning to suspect that Mick Fletcher and the judge might be involved. When investigators discovered that attorney Mick Fletcher was having an affair with a sitting judge at the time of his wife's death, both were considered suspects. He had his, should I call her, his whore? Because that's as far as I'm concerned, that's what she is. Judge Susan Chernowski denied she had anything to do with Leanne's death, but she was able to provide some useful information. So I asked the judge... When was the last time they had sexual relations? And she stated the night before the homicide. This meant that after having dinner with Leanne's parents, Mick dropped his wife and daughter off at home and made some excuse so that he could secretly meet with his lover. She believed there was no sexual relationship between himself and Leanne. And she told us that if... There was a sexual relationship between Michael and Leanne that their relationship would be over. And all of a sudden, now at the time of her death, she was uh, three weeks, four weeks pregnant. 
that we believe that that was indeed the motive uh, for, for her death. Mick insisted that Leanne's death was an accident. He claimed Leanne was reloading their gun and that he heard the gunshot when he was in the bathroom. But the evidence told a different story. The gun and extra clip were found on the floor and not in Leanne's hand. There was also blood on Leanne's palm. If the gun had been in her hand when the shot was fired, the gun would have prevented the blood from striking the palm of her hand. And there was blood on the carpet underneath the gun and extra clip. If she had shot herself, the blood would have fallen on top of the gun and on top of the clip. And by the dresser, there was a shell casing standing on end. And everything looked like it was placed. We swapped Leanne's hands and sent it to a lab to determine whether or not there was any type of gunpowder residue that may have been left. That came back negative. Forensic serologist and blood spatter expert Dave Woodford examined the shirt Mick Fletcher wore the day of the shooting. A phenolphthalein chemical test found blood on the right cuff. Using a stereo microscope, Woodford saw high-velocity impact blood spatter on the right cuff. A fine mist of tiny blood particles had been driven deep into the fibers. To me, it was critical because there was no way that he could have been in the bathroom at the time of the shooting. High-velocity impact blood spatter is created when a gunshot wound hits an area with blood and a fine mist of blood blows back toward the gun. He had to be in close proximity to Leanne when she was shot. Had Leanne shot herself, investigators say, there would have been high-velocity impact blood spatter on her hand, and there was none. It doesn't make any difference if there are additional drops of blood that occur later or contaminate on top of it with some, some smudging occurs, there will still be areas that allow for this pattern to be recognized. And that was not there. To find out where Leanne was when she was shot, investigators analyzed the angle of the blood spatter on the computer stand next to Leanne's body. The size and shape of the blood spatter told investigators that the blood hit the computer stand at a 10 to 20 degree angle. Strings, which were connected to each drop of blood spatter, revealed the exact location of Leanne's head when the shot was fired. Say, for instance, the angle you got was 52 degrees, so then you take the string from the blood droplet and you measure up 52 degrees and you bring that out into space somewhere. And you do that with each blood droplet. Where the strings intersect is the spot where the blood originated. Woodford concluded that Leanne was on the floor when she was shot. She was not sitting on the bed. She was on her hands and her knees while she was shot. Investigators also discovered fresh sperm in the vaginal swab from Leanne's autopsy, an indication that the couple had sexual relations shortly before the shooting. 
police repeatedly test-fired the gun in order to recreate the same stippling patterns found on Leanne's head. They fired at close range and gradually moved back at six-inch intervals. The tests confirmed Dr. Dragovic's earlier observation. The gun was 12 to 18 inches away from Leanne's head when the shot was fired, too far away for Leanne to have held the gun herself. Leanne's family never believed Mick's story that the shooting was accidental. Judge Chernowski said she was out of town on the day of Leanne's death, which checked out. And investigators did not believe she knew about Mick's plans. Police arrested Mick Fletcher and charged him with the premeditated murder of his wife. Prosecutors believe that the murder of Leanne Fletcher was premeditated and that her husband Mick killed her in order to protect his romantic relationship with Judge Susan Chernowski. Judge Chernowski testified that Mick had lied to her about his relationship with Leanne. Mick told her he no longer was having sexual relations with his wife. And so Susan Chernowski believed that the two had a future together. But when Leanne became pregnant, Mick realized that the judge would discover he had been lying. I really do think if she wouldn't have gotten pregnant, she'd still be alive. I think that panicked him when she got pregnant, you know. Prosecutors believe the couple's trip to the firing range was probably a setup, a way to explain why the pistol was out of its case in the bedroom. They had to pick up their daughter. But before they picked up their daughter, they wanted to come home and have what he quoted as a quickie. When they returned from the firing range and Leanne went into the bathroom, Mick placed the gun near the gun case at the foot of their bed. The medical evidence shows that the couple had sex on the floor. As Leanne was getting up, Mick grabbed the gun and pulled the trigger. The mistakes Mick made were numerous. Blowback blood spatter landed on the cuff of Mick's shirt. And he placed the weapon and clip on top of a blood stain next to Leanne's bloody hand, which clearly showed she hadn't been holding the gun. Mick then went into the bathroom and rinsed off Leanne's blood. Blood that was later found in the sink trap. Then he called police. You have the evidence of the night before where he is professing his love to another woman, not his wife. You have the blood in the trap of the sink, which would indicate that he washed his hands prior to making a 911 call. You have the high-velocity blood mist on the cuff of his shirt. You have the stippling patterns that are on the right side of Leanne's face. So it's a combination of all all this evidence that just just pointed towards him as the person that committed this crime. Guilty of the lesser offense of second-degree murder. But the jury did not believe Mick Fletcher planned Leanne's murder, so he was convicted of second-degree murder. 
We were grateful that it was second degree, but it should have been first degree. It should have. I mean, it was clearly, clearly premeditated, and anybody that knew him knew that. The trial judge sentenced Fletcher to the maximum penalty allowed, life in prison. In this exclusive phone interview from prison, Mick Fletcher tells the producers of this program that he is not a murderer. I didn't kill my wife. Am I an innocent man? I had an affair. I, I did something that I shouldn't have done. I did something that was immoral. All I can tell you is that I didn't kill my wife. Unfortunately for him, all the evidence points the other direction and points to the fact that indeed he did commit this murder and he did commit this crime. It's hard when you have two people in the house and only one left to tell the story. And so you have to have the forensic evidence and that basically will tell the story for you. And uh, I'm so glad. You have to look at the scene and what does the scene tell you forensically. And that's exactly what happened in this case. Uh, that the story by the defendant that, oh my God, my wife accidentally shot herself. Um, was seen through. I hope they find him in the same humiliating way that he left my daughter half naked in the prison somewhere dead. <laughs>